0: Come on, who's been who's been enjoying our series? Who's enjoyed just learning a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I, I've, really, I've really enjoyed where God's led us in this series. And, and we're going we're gonna to do week four this week. Uh, that should be an indicator to you that there are three other ones that if you haven't been able to be here or haven't been able to join us online, welcome to you guys. I'm hoping you're having a fantastic morning wherever you're watching us from today. Uh, I know we got, we got people in like Western New South Wales, Cam, tuning in. we got guys over in, over in the States that have been tuning in lately. So... Hello, welcome. Hope you're having a fantastic service this morning online. But uh, you can catch all of our messages. So if you miss a Sunday and you're like, I really want to know what was what was unpacked from the Word of God last week or the week before. Uh, or they're all talking, everyone's talking about Pastor Simo's amazing message from last week. <laughs> like that was, I mean... <laughs> That was unreal. That was such a good message. That was practical and biblical and it was fantastic. If you're like, oh, I missed that. I would like to watch that. All of our messages are available on YouTube. So you can get them at any time, wherever you are. If you are stuck on the side of the road because you have a flat tyre, you can get onto YouTube and you you can watch... A message where you are going to instead go to a place of fear and anxiety and trepidation and you can be built up and be reminded that God's still with you with your flat tyre and then what you might as you go to your phone find Scotty Fairweather's number and then he can sort you out anyway. So there you go. Or if you're going to go forward driving on the beach you can just check with him if it's going to be okay or not. I <laughs> want a special welcome to all of our visitors and family members who are here this morning for our baptisms. Come on. It's great to have you with us we we love baptism Sunday it's uh it's that that both that public declaration of I have a relationship with Jesus but it's also it's also that that place where we declare that people are baptized into the church we've been we've been subtly hinting on this whole idea of the individual and the collective for, for a little while now, and we, we, I'm promising you, we're not, we're not kind of getting off that track because God keeps speaking to me about it, but yes, the baptism is an individual thing, but the, baptisms, but the, the purpose is that it's, you're baptised into the community. You're not baptised so, like we've said, you can be a, a brick over on the side, That's a brick by itself. No, you are baptised in the community because because God has a purpose for you in building His house. And His house is built in the collective, right? And so you are baptised into that, which I think is also awesome, amazing, which is why we love doing baptisms together. So uh, we may not be doing a picnic today. Weather is a little bit uncertain. I don't know if you want to sit in the mud, but I would say, if you, uh, if you are considering maybe maybe, please come and celebrate this incredible moment uh, with these amazing young people who are going to get baptized today. It's going to be great. I'm going to stop waffling and get into God's word this morning. But last lastly, just before I do that, um, I want to I want to let you know, uh, I know. I know I do this all the time. We. We fully believe in the power of prayer. I actually believe that it is the strongest weapon we have against, against you know, Scripture tells us we do not wage war the way that, that humans do, right? We actually wage war in the spiritual with prayer. We have more power in prayer than we have in other avenues of response. However, we also have the capacity to respond. And if you remember when there was, uh, when there was all that, that upheaval in Afghanistan, because of uh, your faithful giving to vision actually, we were immediately able to respond financially. And I'm not even sure if I've reported fully on what we were able to do, but we were immediately able to send $10,000 to churches on the border of Afghanistan that were helping people that wanted to get out of the country safely uh, to help them get out. Um, And and I just want to say that we will look for where the right opportunity is to, to do a similar thing when it comes to the situation in Ukraine. So we will pray. Absolutely, but we will also as a church look for opportunity Um, and and we have the capacity because of you. So I want to say thank you. You give us the capacity to respond quickly and decisively um, in helping that situation. So thank you for being so generous. John 10.10. Sorry, I really ramped up the, hold it out a bit further. You should pray for our sound guys. I, I, I give them a hard time every week. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come. Jesus, not me, obviously. Jesus has come so that, if you are wondering why Jesus came, gave up heaven, put on skin, walked on planet earth, there is a very simple answer to that. I don't know why you would do it if my humanity doesn't compute why you would give up eternal perfection to come to earth, right? He did it so we could have life so that we could have life and life to the fullest and life abundant that we would live day in and day out with this sense of life inside of us, right? That, That yes, there is pain and circumstance and difficulty but in our inner person there is a life and it is that life that it is this eternal life source we talked about at week one the breath of God, the Holy Spirit that we might have access to that life. That's why He came. That's what he did, that we might have life. And we have been basing our series out of that scripture and talking about actually one of our distinctives as a church. One of the things that we would say makes victory, victory, is that we truly are full of life. That's who we are. And if you're wondering about that this morning, you're checking us out, wondering what, 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 why, who are you, what makes you, you cannot, I, I want to tell you right now, we are full of life. We like to have fun, we like to laugh, we like to to shout in praise and worship. We you know, we like that we, we like to let the life out. We don't like to suppress it either, right? Like so let me let me know you've got it by smiling this morning. Amen. It's good. But we are full of life, not because we force it, not because we, we force ourselves, do no, do it out of grit and determination. No, we do it because we truly believe that we access and have the Holy Spirit in us and He is that source of life. And that has been the premise of this story, uh, this, sorry, this series. And my story this morning is, is in relation to a sport that I used to love, I used to do a lot, and that is rock climbing. Anyone, anyone rock climb in here? Couple of people, couple of people. Come on, fantastic, Yep. Uh, I, was, I was fully invested, um, t- fully invested in, in rock climbing and um, short story this morning because we're running out of time already but I, I took a trip to the Blue Mountains it and wasn't, it wasn't my first, I've been there a couple of times climbing but this particular time me and my brother, we wanted to, we wanted to go and do, do something that we'd never done before. We wanted to climb what's called a multi-pitch route. Okay, uh, for those of you who are unaware of that, that means that you are climbing a cliff that is that is longer than uh, one length of your rope has the capacity to to protect you. Okay, uh, so my type of rock climbing, you 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 carry on your harness all of the gear that's going to protect you, and as you climb up, you clip or you or you use like little cams in the crack, um, and then you clip your rope to that as you go up, and so then if you fall, uh, the the rope is connected to the rock and acts like a, you're making a, essentially a very poor pulley all the way up as you go. And, and so we're like, we've never done this before, we've never got like you know, 30 metres off the ground and then had to anchor ourselves and make a new belay point um, on the rock face. If you've, if you've watched uh, Free Solo, anyone watch Free Solo? Yeah, I needed like napkins for my hands, like our oh, hands were like literally dripping sweating the whole the whole movie. But uh, he doesn't use any of that, right? He's, he's crazy. But the, the, the cliff that he climbs has something like 30 different pitches, and a pitch is the, the section you climb before you need to create a new, a new place that you belay from, a new point where you start the rope again. And so we, we wanted to do this multi-pitch thing in the Blue Mountains, so we went down and we got a guide, right? We hired someone to take us into, into the really high cliffs in the Blue Mountains so that so that we basically didn't kill ourselves doing something we'd never done before, which is a great strategy if you want to live in a long life. If get a guide, right? And um, and what I realized was that where, where when when we climbed single pitch, we never climbed together. One of us was always one of us was always doing the climb. One of us was belaying. But as soon as we got a guide, there were two of us climbing basically at the same time. So they, the guide would go up and they would do what's called lead. So they would set the, the, the protection on the cliff as you go up. But then there would, be, there would be someone who was in between the person leading and the person who is belaying and that person would be called seconding. I know it's very technical. You know, I don't know how they came up with that name for the second person, but they did. Was, I'm sure they had like a creative think tank for it. But. And so, and so this, if you were seconding, it was, it, was, it was great. All you did was you just climbed and you just unclipped the rope that you were connected to the lead person and then clipped in the rope you were then connected to the person belaying you. And what I found fascinating that I'd never had before was someone who had just climbed a move or two ahead of me telling me exactly how to climb because normally you're on the wall by yourself and you've got to figure it out and, and you can get to a point and you can be stuck. And you're like, I actually don't physically know how to do this move. And you have like body contortions and feet above your head and all sorts of things. And, but when, but when, when we had a guide, he's like, okay, so on this one, just, just put your hand out to the right. Just put it a little bit further. If you just put your left foot up a tiny bit, you're gonna balance yourself. It's gonna be great. It was like, wow, this is really helpful. This is really helpful. And I realised how much easier it was to climb difficult cliffs with, with a guide. And I'm sure you can see where we're going with this, with this story, but for those of you who haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, or you've, you've, you've been online, or you've been camping or, or whatever, I want to recap our series because our series has, has centred on the reality that the Holy Spirit is not so much a what as He is a who. And, and, and that sounds like semantics, but it's really, really key because we don't have a relationship with a what. We have, well, some of us have relationships with our car. Can I, can I get an amen? No? No one? I know, I know Curtis does. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I, I remember being on my P's. I had a relationship with my car. It was, it was a good thing. Then I crashed it and it wasn't such a good thing. But you have a relationship with a who. Because a who is like Conversation. Character, personality, right? Like we can get to know a who. We spend time with a who. We can talk to a who. All of these, I mean, you can talk to your car, but it doesn't talk back unless it's Bumblebee. <laughs> but we talked about this, this critical reality, which is that the Holy Spirit, the third he- like person of the Godhead, God Himself with us as Spirit, is a who that we can talk to and walk with. And not just that, He's not a who who's distant. He's a who who lives within us. He said, I have come and made my home in you. And and we talked about the fact that that begins at the moment, at the moment that we decide to believe in Jesus and, and receive what he did for us when he came to earth. All right? And so, and, so, and so some of you this morning, you may not know what that even means. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? What does it mean to receive what he did? Right, very quickly, and if, if this goes over your head, but there's something in it, you're like, I, I have some questions about that. Can you, can you make sure that if you're online, you engage one of our pastors? And if you're here, please talk to us after the service. But it means that we acknowledge we acknowledge that, that we do things that the Bible calls sin. It separates us from God. And actually, that is the thing that, that causes us to have a spiritual sort of dying on the inside. It's what is different to us when we have life in us. And then, and then we acknowledge that, right? And then, and then, and then, but as soon as we acknowledge that we, we do sin, we also then receive the free gift of God's forgiveness. Because Jesus died on a cross to pay for all sin, for all mankind, past, present and future. And so yes, we acknowledge, God, I'm sinful, I'm separated from you. But in that same moment we go, but I wanna receive what Jesus did and I wanna make it mine. And the moment we do that, scripture says the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. And that's powerful and that's important. And for for those of us who are believers, we have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's been the first, the first chunk of our series. We're about to shift into the second half of our series. And the second half of our series is going to focus on kind of like these two, these two sides of our relationship, if you will. These two sides, all right? And, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to try to, as best I can to put some terms to it. Side one is his presence in us, okay? Side one, his presence in us. Side two is his power through us. Okay, and, and, and they are actually a little bit distinct and it's important for us to understand that they're distinct. Otherwise, we, we will mix up how we expect to interact with the Holy Spirit and we will have unhealthy expectations of the Holy Spirit and unhealthy expectations of ourselves. And who knows in relationship, unhealthy expectations are, are the breeding ground for conflict. And everyone who's married said amen. And so his presence in us, that's the side of the relationship that occurs the moment of salvation. He comes and dwells inside of us. His presence is in us. He makes His home in us. And ultimately, the result of that aspect of relationship is transformation. The reason, the, the outworking, the, the, if you want to use a really biblical word, the fruit, the fruit of our relationship with the Holy Spirit in terms of His presence in us is our transformation it's our change it's the renewal of our minds it's it's giving us the capacity to overcome temptation it's it's our transformation all right and and ultimately it is dealing with our humanity and in our humanity okay then actually let's come back let's just stay over here for a second so when we when we talk when we talk about baptism all right water baptism is a sign right it's it's a symbol it's powerful it has significance and it's also symbolic it's twin but it's about us giving our all to Jesus, okay? And, and, and this is where we get a little bit confused because sometimes we, we think, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we're like, well, what is, where and what and how does that happen? And we have a relationship and where does, where does it all fit? Well, so this is where it all fits, okay? This is like, we're teaching a bit this morning. Is that all right? When we receive Jesus and we choose to get baptised, we receive the infilling presence of the Holy Spirit forever dwelling within us. And the purpose from that point is our transformation. But what we see in scripture is that the moment Jesus rose from the dead, met with his disciples, you see, he breathed on them and received the Holy Spirit. That's that moment. But then later on, we get to the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, those of you who have been in a Pentecostal church for any period of time would know that we love the book of Acts because the book of Acts is Pentecost. So it gives us our name, right? Come on, yes. And, and what we see at Pentecost is not, we call it the baptism of the Spirit, but sometimes that's where we get confusion, right? Well, what, why are the different, so I like to talk about it. This is the moment where we are infilled with the power of the Spirit to work through us. So we can call it a baptism, because in, in the, in, in, if you ask Pastor Keith, he'll tell you that the Greek has, has the same terminology behind it of, of like this, this, the, the whole Holy Spirit is coming on you and all those things. So we call it a baptism because it's the same sort of thing of, as being fully immersed in water. This is now like a full immersion in the Spirit, but it's a full immersion in the Spirit so that His power would work through us. It's not, that, it's not that you don't have the Spirit if you want this part of the Spirit. You have over here, and I'm sorry, camera people, I promised I would walk less. But over here, what we have is, is the whole of the Holy Spirit's presence in us for transformation and then we have these moments where we get an immersion in the Holy Spirit of His power through us. And it's okay that those things are different, but if we don't realize they're different, we will be over here expecting to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but we haven't received an immersion into the power of the Spirit to work through us. We've just had, we've just had the kind of operating in the, the presence of Him in us. And so there are distinct differences. And so when we get baptised after the service, we're going to pray for that moment, that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, where there is not just the infilling presence of the Spirit that they received at salvation, but that this is a moment where we are praying that there would be an, an infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that we see and read about in Scripture that are beyond our humanity, right? So we have the presence in us who transforms us in our humanity, but then we have the, the power of the Holy Spirit that works through us beyond our humanity. It's really important that we understand that, right? Because the beyond our humanity, I love that the, the, the New Living Translation says, we have special abilities, right? I feel like I'm in a Marvel movie. It's fantastic. I'm like, what special abilities am I getting, you know? Take down Loki, come on. But I'm gonna leave that for the next two weeks. Sorry to leave you hanging, but let's build some expectation. For the next two weeks after this one, we're gonna focus on the special abilities that come when the power of the Holy Spirit works through us. And I'm gonna take a holiday and leave my pastoral staff to to unpack that for you. So you can pray for Pastor Mel next week. She's gonna talk about praying in tongues and receiving the gift of that. It's gonna be fantastic. We're going to pray for people. If you have not received the gift that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit to pray in the language of the Spirit, please, if you're online, we will absolutely pray for you. But if you have a capacity to be in service, please do that. This week, His presence in us. If we look, if we look through like all of Paul's writing, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, if we look at John's Gospel, all of these places, there is incredible teaching and articulation on the Holy Spirit and and, and the relationship that we should have with the Holy Spirit and how we should operate in, in, in connection and allowing Him to be the guide in our lives. And I just want to let you know, these are some of the things that the Holy Spirit does in relationship when His presence is in us. Number one, He guides us. He convicts us. He renews our mind. He transforms us. He strengthens us. He gives us life. He gives us peace and power to put to death the deeds and, and the temptations of our sinful nature. He counsels us. He prays to the Father when we have no words to pray. He helps us in our weakness. He renews our thoughts and attitudes. Like there are some incredible things that the Holy Spirit does for us in our humanity, transforming us. And, and, and the thing is, if we don't get this side of relationship right, don't bother coming over here. Don't go seeking the gifts that come with the power if you don't first have the person. That's why we get the person at salvation, right? Because, because if we had the power without the person, it would be chaos. And that's, that's why it's so critical to understand because, because I firmly believe that the, the, the value of the power comes from the depth of relationship we have with the person. There is a refinement to things like the prophetic because of how much I've allowed the Spirit to transform me. There is an accuracy that comes with words of knowledge because I've I've surrendered my mindset, my worldview, I've surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit goes, Oh, I... I can use that. I can use that. And so that you, you need to understand there is, there is a correlation. There is a correlation. And, and, and it's not to say that he won't release his power through people. I've heard incredible stories of people that, that aren't even saved. doing, And there's things in Scripture where they receive the power of the Spirit before they even know that they can receive Jesus, right? So, so the danger is that we process this. and We should never process this, but we should understand that the value is in the relationship, not, not the power. So, so I want to I talk about the relationship that we have with the Spirit, His presence in us. And I want to talk about the fact that if we go through that whole list, if we go through that whole list, what we realise is that, is that we can kind of categorise that into, into two areas. There are things He does for us that I would say is, is provision. You could say protection. I I get a Can I get a volunteer? I can do this now because we don't have to socially distance, so we don't have to, I, 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 I this. I need someone who is much bigger than me. It can, be, it can be, muscles, which won't be hard, or it can, it can be height. Pete Edwards. I know, I know. I saw him. I'm like, oh, he's both. When I look at him, I'm like, he's just, he's, he's, he's all man. Like, look at this guy. Look at those arms. They're the size of my legs. It's awesome. So while he's coming down, while he's coming down. When I talk about the Holy Spirit and the way He is provision and protection, I'm talking about the way He He strengthens us. That's a provision. I, I need you to I need you to stand on this line like behind me. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Sort of sort of face me this way. Perfect. And this, just stay there. Just stay there. <laughs> provision. It's <laughs> a lot of trust happening right now. Strength, peace. Power, protection, assistance. They fall under the category of, of, of provision, right? So, so we're going to do a demonstration, right? You just need to stop me, okay? That's it. Doing what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try to walk back this way because I I, I'm want to. i letting the temptations that are within my sinful nature, they want to they take me back. They want to take me to do things that aren't good, right? But it says that the Spirit stops me. So, so that's how the Spirit works. That was perfect, actually. The, that's how the spirit works, right? Oh, but I want to go and do this. That's how the spirit works, okay? And so in some ways, he works as like this backstop, right? But also, you just, just keep staying there. You're going to be up here for like the rest of the message. I need, I need like someone, someone like the opposite. Who's, who is the complete opposite? Just going to pick. No one's going to stand up. Uh, where's Holly McCabe? She's vacated the building, fantastic, fantastic. Where, where are we? Come on, oh yes, come on up, come on. Actually, can, can, are you all right? Karen, why don't you come up? Pastor Karen, director of the Victory Center, fantastic. Doing incredible, incredible work. Because the Spirit, the other side of our relationship with the Holy Spirit's presence in us is process, is process, right? We're talking transformation. We're talking renewal. We're talking dealing with our thoughts, our attitudes, like how I want to. I want a road rage when someone pulls in front of me, and the little voice inside of me says, "They're probably having a bad day. Calm down." It's the it's the it's the counselling. It's the guiding, and so and so we're gonna we're gonna try something now, but we're gonna we're gonna work in tandem because technically you're the same, right? So you're both the Holy Spirit but you stop me going this way and at the same time you have my hand and you're leading me that way because you, you're trying to take me somewhere. That was, that was very delicate. You're trying to take me somewhere. You, you, you come with because, because you're, and then I want, I want to go this way and you stop me and then you lead me forwards but then I want to go this way and you stop me and, and the camera people are, are doing a very good job. Thank you. Thank you both. You can, you can head off. Now. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That's, and so and so he's both stopping you from going the wrong way but leading you to go the right way. He's both he's both convicting you when you do something, saying, ah, oh, that's not who you are anymore. You are the righteousness of Christ. Come on, that's, you're better like rise up to you're a new creation. He's at your back saying that, but he's also at the front going, hey, let's, um, let's deal with that attitude that you have. Let's, 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 that's not what scripture says. So let's, 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 I wanna guide you. This is how, this is how you act in wisdom. This is how you act in kindness. This is how, and, and, and he's working on both sides, stopping us from going the wrong way and leading us to go the right way. And I get to these places. I'm reading scripture. I get these. I'm like, why? Right? If you read books, they tell you it's really important. Like, know the why. Know the why. Because I would, I would, I would, I would, I would want to say hedge a bet, but you know, still talk about gambling in church. I would hedge a bet that most of us don't know why it's so important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because we don't really know why He does what He does in our lives. We, we, we talk conviction up just for conviction. Oh, well, I need, I, he's convicting me so I don't sin. Sin's been dealt with. You're gonna get less of a sin focus in your life, more of a Jesus focus, right? Like, uh, you will you will stay where you focus. If you're focused on all your sin, you will, you, you will stay stuck. If you realise you've already been forgiven and you're a new creation, and you start focusing on what Jesus has done, you'll start moving towards what you're focused on. So, so conviction is not just for conviction's sake. And counselling isn't just so you feel better in the moment. Why? Why is the Holy Spirit so intent on stopping us going the wrong way and leading us the right way? Why, why, Why is He there to guide us? What is His overarching purpose dwelling within us? Oh, wish Paul wrote something about that. That would be so helpful. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says this, for the Spirit of the Lord So for the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Here we go, here we go. So all of us who have had the vow removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit can make us more and more like Him. More and more like Him. As a believer, you have got to understand that your journey with Jesus is solely first about you becoming like him. Right, yeah. That your character would change. That the way you think about people and this world would change. This idea that my truth is my truth is opposite to scripture, which says that I submit my rigidity, I submit my interpretation, I submit what I think should be to what God says should be. And I may not understand it and I might want to have an argument with the Holy Spirit because it doesn't seem fair or it doesn't seem right and it doesn't all make sense. But then I read a scripture that says that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. And we realise that the way to move forward in our walk with God is to simply submit. Oh God, I don't understand. That's cool, you're not meant to understand. You don't have to understand. Let's stop making understanding the pinnacle of our walk with Jesus. Let's stop making understanding the measure of maturity because can I tell you there is a far better scorecard. If you're like me, you love sport, you love scoring things and you're like, I want to know how I'm going. I don't want to be walking this journey that has ambiguous nature to whether I'm progressing. I would like to know if I am progressing in my relationship with Jesus, if His will is being done in my life, is there, if there is some way of knowing. And There is. There is, but for too long, we've made it just a, a Christian marketing campaign and, and a really good merchandise seller because it sounds good. And it's all these things that we're like, oh, they're great. I would love those things. Let's have those things. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna you know, sound too negative towards all those lovely posters that, that we sell in Christian bookshops and things like that, but we have missed the, the significance of that verse because we have for so long chalked maturity and progress up to all sorts of other things. We've, we've, we've made it, the power. Well, if you can prophesy, you're way more mature. Woo. you go to our kids' ministry. They'll start calling out what you're struggling with. We've made, we've made church attendance maturity. Oh, look out now, look out. We've made, we've made tithing, maturity, progress. If we're not careful, we will rebuild the law that was that our own efforts made us righteous. We will rebuild that my church attendance record makes me righteous and right with God. Well, I tithe 11%, but I'm way more mature. I've progressed way more in my Christianity. And this is where, this is where, if you're visiting today, you have a free ticket right now. But this is where long-term Christians start to get nervous. Because we don't really like the true nature of grace because the true nature of grace feels unfair and it is. It is way too good. It is way too good. Because it says that it is nothing. It is nothing that we did that has made us right with God. It is all Jesus. And we can add nothing to it and we don't like that because we like to have sort of thought that it was something we did that we achieved and it's not it's just not right. now can I tell you something if you have a great vibrant relationship with Jesus you'll love his house yeah. you'll want to be with these people yeah. but gee there's a freedom to go on a holiday in that <laughs> not too many a meal no. <laughs> <laughs> but there is right this is, this is what's risky about being a pastor, is that I wish I could have measurements and control measures for how you're all doing. But the real, the real thing is your relationship with Jesus. And so we do, we look at how many of you are here because, because we go, well, I hope they're here because they love Jesus and they're not just here ticking a box. But hopefully if you're here, you can refind Him. It is all about relationship with Jesus and everything else comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. You know why I've given my life to working at the church, to building His house? It's because I love Him. Please, if you if you are serving on a team and you don't realise that the, the reason we want you to do that is first because you've fallen in love with Jesus, talk to your team leader. I want people who know that that, be, that out of their relationship with Jesus, He has called them to have a place in His house. I want that to be why our whole community does, does, a, does a task. Listen, let's never make it about the task. Let's make it about the overflow of our relationship with Jesus that positions us in a place where we so want to build His house in the way that He has gifted us and positioned us to do so. I'm way off my notes right now, I'm sorry. But Galatians 5.22 is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I think I nowadays. Went to kids' ministry when I was younger. But if you know scripture, you know there's a key correlation there between, between that scripture and 1 Corinthians. And I wish, oh, I wish, I wish you would let me preach for an hour, like, like some people. But, but if I if I had that, I would unpack the fact that the, the 1 Corinthians passage is smack bang in the middle of the power unpacking part of Paul's preaching to the Corinthians. Lucky we, we adjusted those P's this morning because, because Paul knows if, he gets, if, he, if the Corinthians are too caught up in the power they're going to miss that and so he goes, hey, right in the middle of talking to you about all the power stuff never forget the most important thing is love. The most important thing is relationship. The most important thing is to come over here because because the reason that the fruit of the Spirit is what it is is because it lines up with the character of God. God is love and so when we read 1 Corinthians 13, of course, there is a correlation between unpacking what love is and therefore what the fruit of the Spirit is. It would be weird if they were too different because it would be like, well, how do we get these things out of the Spirit that is these things? But we should see a correlation Right, we should see the connection and we should understand that the fruit of the Spirit is a measure of how much His character has begun to change us to to line up with Him. So if you wanna know, maybe you don't, that's fine. There's days I don't wanna know how far I've progressed because i realise it's not very much. And you know what, Jesus still loves me and it's all good. Perfection, we'll actually never attain it, okay? We'll never get there. So stop stressing if you don't feel like you've gone that far. Just keep looking in the right direction. Just keep asking Jesus to move you forward, okay? But if you wanna know how you track it, then look at attendance, then look at the tithe, then look at your spiritual gifts. Look at the fruit of the Spirit because it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the result of you allowing Him to change you. <laughs> Do you love more? The way, the way 1 Corinthians talks about love? Do you have joy in you more? Do you have peace, patience, gentleness, kindness? How's your self-control? These don't come because you grit your teeth and try harder. (laughs) These come because you lean into a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you tell Him, I suck in these areas, I need your help. And He's like, I know, that's why I'm here. Just stop thinking like that about that person. Start, start praying for them like Scripture says. Love your enemy, pray for them. God help me to do that, I will, I will. Relationship with the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, 12 months down the line, you're like, huh. Oh, I, I don't feel like that to them as much anymore. And that's progress, that's progress. I don't struggle under the weight of, 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 of like depression and anxiety, I don't struggle as much anymore. That's progress. I feel like I'm with just a little bit more joy. That's progress. You know what? I used to be stressed, but now I've realised that success looks different in Scripture. And so I'm not striving for all these things. And, and so I've got a bit more peace. It's the Spirit working in you That's got to be our pursuit. That's got to be our goal. This side of things, it it comes. It comes in moments. It's not a single baptism, it's it's, it's multiple times the impartation of power, and it's awesome. But it's not this. It's not transformation. It's not the fruit of His Spirit through us. It's not what Scripture calls the light. And that's what we're called to be. Can I pray for you, church? Father, we love you.